be back together again. Um, but I'm excited for this morning. I'm excited for this morning. So if I'm, I'm not looking at the camera, I'm looking at the people around me as well, because I can't forget about them as well. Um, but we're going to be carrying on with our More Than um, series. Um, and just a quick recap. If you're writing notes, make sure you're writing notes, either on your phone, on your tablet, or your laptop, or if you're old school, pen and paper. And because you're at home, you definitely will have pen and paper. Amen? On the chat, say amen to pen and paper. Amen, pen and paper. <laughs> so we're going to um, go through this, and we're recapping um, real quick. Um, the first week, um, Pastor Fina brought a message called More Than a Table. Yeah, yeah we all right? Yeah. We all right on screen? Um, the second week, Pastor Andrew brought um, More Than You. More than you. And then the third week, which was last week, um, Pastor Fina spoke about more than you think. If you haven't listened to any of those messages, I encourage you to go on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on the Hills website to listen to those messages to run you up to speed. Um, But today we'll be focusing on this subject more than words. More than words. Um, So if you're writing the title, the title is called more than words. Um, words is a powerful weapon. You guys right? Like words are a powerful weapon. Words have the power to lift up, but also words have the power to tear down. But today, I'm going to be focusing on something different, a different approach to regards to uh, more than words. Um, this is something that I've done and probably something that you've done. Every person in this building, everyone that's watching online, um, probably it's something you've done. And it's this. God, I love you. I give my life to you. Let me say that again. Have you ever said, I know I have, but have you said, God, I love you. I give my life to you. Think about it. Have you, have you said that before? Be honest about it. How many of us have said this or have heard someone say this? Though these words are powerful, I know God loves it when we come into this place. But is that it? Is that it? God, I love you. I give my life to you. Is that it? Or is God saying, I want more than your words? God, I love you. I love, I love, I love it. I want to be part of Connect Group. I want to be whatever. But is that it? Is it just your words? Or does God want something more than that? Are we all right? If I look at myself, I've been in this place where I've said, I love you. I said, I said God, I give my life. But it never became more than my words. It's just words. It's just like, I'm going to come to church Sunday, but never turn up at church. I want to go connect, go to, um, connect myself to Connect Group, but never ever go to Connect Group. And God's saying, so if you're saying you love me, can you do something more than your words? More than words. And today's challenge is to decide each day to live a life that's more than words. That you and I will live a life that's more than words. That it's more than just reading the Bible. It's more than just talking Bible, but living the word. When we look at Jesus, he said, Father, I love you. If we look at Jesus' story, like if we see, as he said, Father, I love you. But then he comes to this point, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Because Jesus became this place of more than words. Even though he was the word, he became word in flesh. So he became word in action. Meaning, he didn't just say, I love you, Lord, 
But he said, not my will be done, but yours. And then not just that, he'd walked out what he just spoke about. And so our challenge today, as we focus on this more than series, is that it's not just more, it's more than a preaching. That we're not just here to listen to the word and cool, write cool notes and not live out the words that have been spoken over the last three weeks about more than a table, more than you, more than what you think. But these are more than words. Not like the song, saying I love you. Not that song. But more than words in regards to the word of God. I know I don't have PowerPoint. <laughs> I don't know that song. <laughs> um, but um, I, I would have a PowerPoint, but because we're online, we don't know how to do that. But that's fine. You can write notes. Um, so <laughs> our first point today is God wants your heart. Write that down. At home, in this place right now, God wants your heart. And the scripture that I'm going to be using is Matthew 15, verse 8. Matthew 15, verse 8. So it says these, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want to encourage us this morning that God wants more than a lip service. He wants more than a lip service. Um, I'm going to read this. Um, I want to read this um, thing that I've written on my notes. I have to. I had to write it down um, because I had a moment with God this week. Um, I think it was Friday at 2:06 p.m. I had a moment with God when I read the scripture, and I pray that it speaks to you in a way that just challenges you, the way that you think, the way you think about the Word of God. Um, it's a revelation that I got, and I pray that it blesses you and becomes your revelation as well. Um, so I wrote this. I wasn't too sure if I would speak this, what I felt in the depths of my heart because it was heavy. I had a mixed emotions inside. I felt wowed, and then I felt convicted. This was me. This was me Friday. I felt wowed, but I felt convicted from reading Matthew 15. I felt like a ton of bricks fell on me from this revelation on what God showed me in this moment. So I want to read this, this um, verse again, Matthew 15, 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. When I read, they draw to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, I saw a picture of someone coming in with a kiss. Like, let that, like, let, let that, let, let that sink in for a minute. They draw to me with their mouth. When someone draws to me with their mouth, they're up, they're coming up for a kiss. And God showed me this moment where someone was coming up for a kiss. They draw to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. He showed me a picture of the portrayal of Judas where he kissed Jesus' lips. And then Jesus says, friend, <laughs> someone who betrayed Jesus, he said, friend, why have you come? This is not directed to Hills NZ. This is directed to the body of Christ. This is directed to every person who believes that they are a Christ follower. That we don't get caught up in lip service. That it's like a kiss of betrayal to God. They draw to me with their mouth. Honor me with their lips. And if I think about it, I've kissed Jesus so many times coming to church and then live a different life Monday to Saturday. How many of us 
live this life of kiss of betrayal to God because we just don't live life more than the words that we speak. That it's just like kissing Christ on his lips constantly. Rabbi, teacher, oh God, I love you. But then live life opposite to what we say. This is a challenge to not just me, but this is a challenge to the church that we live more than just lip service, that we don't get stuck in kissing Jesus and then betraying him. God wants more than our words. He wants more than our words. He wants our heart more than anything. Our heart more than anything. God knows when he truly has a heart, your actions will adjust. You know, if, if, if you think about it, how many people have been to church and they try adjust your actions without adjusting your heart first? Have you ever have you seen that? I've been through that where people are trying to adjust, adjust my actions before they adjust my heart and they find out that I keep doing what I keep doing because I don't know anything else because my heart's still not towards God. It's towards my flesh. It's towards the way of this world. And so my encouragement for us is that God wants our heart and when he has our heart, your actions will adjust. People are so quick to go to somebody who, who says they're saved and go, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. But when God has their heart, God will adjust them. Don't be quick to adjust people before their time. Don't be quick to adjust yourself before your time. Oh, I've got to be this and got to be that. No, adjust your heart. Your actions will adjust with it. If you look at the story of Zechariah, who was the most hated person because he was a tax collector, stealing from people. Tax collector. Jesus met with him for a meal. And Jesus won what? His heart. He met him for a meal. Not met him for a service. Not met him online like this. He met him for a meal. And Jesus won his heart. And with his heart, actions followed. Jesus wasn't quick to go, hey, give all your money back and give 100 times more. No, he did that on his own accord because God wanted his heart more than anything else. And because God won his heart, he won his actions. And for us, we have to be a people who draw our heart near to God so he can draw his heart near to us. God is constantly contending for your heart and for my heart. This is not just like a one-time moment, like a one-off surgery. God doesn't operate like that, like one surgery and then you're safe for life. You know, it doesn't work like that. He, he wants us constant every day. Adjust our heart, adjust our heart towards him, adjust our heart. So that when we adjust our heart, our actions will follow. And if I think about it, and if you think about it, have you ever been in a place where um, you never talked to God throughout the day and so your actions showed up that your heart wasn't towards God that day? You didn't wake up in prayer. You didn't wake up and just in your heart to God saying, God, I give this day to you. You just go out your day just normal and then you wonder why you had a really bad day. And I'm not saying you're not going to have a bad day when you give your life to uh, when you adjust your heart to God, but I'm just saying it'll be better because you'll respond rather than react and you'll start doing things towards God rather than towards man. And the wonderful thing about our God is that whether we choose to or not, God will always fight for our heart. Whether you believe him or not online, it doesn't matter. He will continue to fight for your heart until he gets it. He's fighting for our heart. He's fighting for my heart. He's fighting for Mark's heart. Pastor Andrews, he's fighting for Mark's heart. He's fighting for our heart constantly because he knows when he's got our heart, he's got everything else. So God wants our heart. 
The second point is this. Your words will be challenged. This is a biggie. Your words will be challenged. See, there's a guy named Peter. Everyone knows Peter. Maybe you don't know Peter, but Peter was a person who was good at speaking, but no follow through. (laughs) Do you know somebody like that? Maybe you're like that online. Maybe you're like that. No, no, I'm not saying that. It's it's everyone in this room who's like that. (laughs) So he was good at speaking, but he had no follow through. Peter's like any one of us. Talk the talk. Let me say that. Peter was like anyone. Talk the talk. And Peter got told off with Jesus a lot because he will say the most ridiculous things. Peter had... Peter had loads of moments. I think the Bible didn't tell all Peter's moments with Jesus. I think they were only specific, but I'm sure Peter would have said dumb stuff throughout his life with Jesus. And he would say the ridiculous things, and you probably know someone who is exactly the same. I know someone, in the top of my mind right now, who's exactly the same. Great at what they say, but no follow through. You know somebody. I know you do. You're probably sitting next to them right now. Nah, I'm just joking. Spouses, don't fight online. <laughs> so we're going to pick on Peter for a little bit. Um, and I want to read this, uh, a few scriptures to just uh, bring this in. Uh, Matthew 26, 33 to 35. Just write that down. If you're quick at getting it into your app, get into it. Matthew 26, 33 to 35. It says this, Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made stumble. Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you that this night before the roosters crow, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not die with you. And so said all the disciples. Then verses 60, 69 to 75 says, Now Peter sat outside the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them before them all saying, I do not know what you're saying so here's peter let me just let me just break this down peter goes to jesus i'm gonna die with you trust me i'm with you but then when the moment comes he's like i have no clue who this man is let me say that again like peter said i want to die for you or put it in our in our version man i want to commit to church for the next 12 months I want to commit to you. I want to commit to connect group. I want to commit to fellowship. I want to connect to mentoring or whatever it may be. Connect to whatever. But then when the moment comes, Peter's like, no, I, don't, I, I never said that. Nope, never said that. I don't know who this man is. I've never been with him. For the last three years, I've never like, nope, that's not me. There is a moment where Peter opened his mouth and Jesus told him what he would do. And even after Jesus said that he would deny him, Peter insisted he wouldn't. He insisted. And when it came to the time, he actually did opposite to what he said. I'm not here to bag Peter and talk about what he did wrong, but this is a story has a principle in the midst of what we need to learn today, is that the principle is that your words will be challenged. His words were, I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. The moment came where Peter could have lived up to those words. That's why Jesus says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Your yes be yes, your no be no. If you're going to say you're going to do it, do it. 
We have too many people saying yes to committing to things, but saying no to their follow-through. Your words will challenge you. Our words will challenge us. If we say to God we're going to do something, something's going to come into our life to challenge the words that we spoke. That's why it's real, you got to be real careful in what you speak to, into the atmosphere. You got to be real. People think they can pray all what they want. No, don't pray what you want because sometimes God's going to make you live up to what you said. Oh God, I want to die to self. But are you really, really, really wanting to die to yourself? <laughs> For example, I'm picking on spouses. Those who have a spouse or partner, you said you're going to do something, but then you don't. Usually the other spouse is madder that you said you'll do it, but didn't. But they get double angry because you said it, but you still didn't do it on top of that. So they're not just mad <laughs> that you didn't do it. They're double mad. Let me say that again. For spouses and partners, even your children, you can put it in any context. You said you're going to do something, but then you don't. Usually the other person is madder that you said you'll do it, but didn't. So they get double angry because you said it and didn't do it. And on top of it, it's still not done. Yeah. Still not done. The problem with this scenario, that it's true. Yeah. That it's true not just with spouses. It's not just true with um, children. It's not true with just family. But it's also true in the way towards God. Yeah. It's true in the way that we are towards church. It's true in the way that we are towards our family. If I think about it for my wife and for my son, I wrote this down. My son does this all the time. He's like, he goes, Dad, can I go to the hut? Yeah, yeah, let's go to the hut. We'll go to the hut. And then after school comes, I don't want to go to the hut. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, Dad, but you said we're going to the hut. Yeah. So I have a choice whether go to the hut and follow through what the words I spoke to him eight hours ago. I thought he'll forget. <laughs> or take him to the hut. And um, nine times out of ten, I take him to the hut. <laughs> or if I put in my wife's scenario, um, she says, oh, can you fold the washing? Yeah, I'm going to fold the washing. And then the night comes. I thought you said you're going to fold the washing. And then I don't fold the washing. So she becomes doubly angry because I don't fold the washing. And I said I was going to do the washing. Think about it. Like, that's a normal scenario that probably happens to you. But we are like that to God and his church. Lord, I love you. But then that love is challenged because you want to go to the beach on Sunday. God, I love you, but you want to go to the movies on one Sunday. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, but you end up skipping three weeks of fellowship. For me, I can't say, oh, go to connect groups. I can't say, go to connect groups. It's vital for your growth and my growth, and I don't go. We talk about connect groups always in church, saying that connect groups is the lifeline for the church. We say that connect groups is everything. But if I say that and I don't follow through that with my actions, I'm just words. For me, 52 Sundays out of the year, I probably miss up to four Sundays. Not willingly. <laughs> I'd miss four Sundays probably in a year, not willingly. I try to not skip service. If you, if you ask Jamaica next Sunday at church, you can ask her. I try planned holidays around the Sunday. So I'd rather go on holiday Monday to Saturday and go to church on Sunday. <laughs> I know my wife dislikes that, but Sunday means a lot to me. <laughs> think it, think it. Not saying that my wife's bad. 
Hey, guys, guys in this room and guys online. Not saying that my wife's bad and she wants to skip church. I'm just saying once in a while she wants to. I don't want to ever. <laughs> um, the only reason why is Sundays mean a lot to me because God died for the gathering of saints. And I, I hold Sundays on high regard. I can't say, God, I love you, but not turn up on a Sunday. God, I love you, and just don't connect to the, the saints in any way. Just live life, doing my own thing Monday to Saturday, and then try to connect to the body on a Sunday. Your words will be challenged. My words will be challenged. Whatever you say, it's, I know parents will know it, your words will be challenged if you say something to your kids or your grandkids. If you say something you're going to do, oh, they'll make you live up to that. <laughs> they'll make you live up to that even if you have like a sister or brother you said something to them that you'll do they'll probably make sure that, uh, they'll never let it down if you don't go follow through yeah. <laughs> your words will be challenging challenge Christianity is more than words being saved is more than words we can't go God I, I'm saved I love you God I love you I give my life to you but never go beyond the words I want to encourage us that your words will challenge you, so be careful on what you say. Yeah. And my last point this morning is that your words need action. Yeah. So God wants our heart, and then also that He want, He He would our words will be challenged, but then our words need action. Yeah. So Second Corinthians four thirteen. I want to break this down um, in these two verses in James and Second Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians four thirteen says, "And since we have the same faith, spirit of faith." According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So the basics of faith is believing and speaking. That's the basics of faith. Eh? Second Corinthians 4.13. So it says, uh, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So the basics of faith is like believing and speaking. Just believing and speaking. Though we may not see it, but we hope to see it. What is not yet seen, so we speak and believe. So we don't see, um, if we need healing, we speak healing, even though we don't see it yet, but we believe and speak that healing is made. But then there's something we need to do that is more than words. It's our actions towards the faith that we speak and believe. James 2.17 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. If it does not have works, if faith does not have works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is, no, uh, there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do, you not, do you, oh, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son, on the altar. So from this scripture, we understand that faith without works is what? Dead. At home? What? On the chat? Dead. Hashtag dead. Okay? Faith without works is dead. <laughs> so faith and works go hand in hand. Okay? Like this is basics. Faith and works go hand in hand. So what is works? I try to put works in something um, that we can use every day. Works is our actions. Like this is the, this is the simplest the simplest version I can put it as is works is our actions. So if we break this down even further, so if faith is believing and what? Speaking. And works is our 
actions, the Jordan Breakdown version, the JBV version, our believing and speaking require action. Your words require action. And from the word of God, we understand that faith without works is dead. And so if we break that down to its very, very like simplest form is that our believing and speaking requires action. Oh God, I love you. I give my life to you. Okay, cool. Where's the action? We can say, God, I believe in miracles. But God is saying, I can make that happen. Step out and action it. Oh God, I believe in miracles. Okay, step out and action it. We can say, I believe that God can save my family. But God is saying, I can make that happen. Step out and action. Oh, oh no, God, you do it. God, you do it. But God's like saying, hang on. If you believe and speak it, now action what you say because I can do it. We can say, I believe God has called me to run my own business to um, invest back into the church. God's like, cool, I can make that happen. But you must step out and what? Action it. God is saying to us this morning, I can make it happen. Step out, action it. That's so simple to step out and action it, but it's actually really hard because you have to follow through with what your words are saying. And that's why the second point was your words will be challenged because if you believe what you really believe, you will action it. He wants more than words. God wants more than our words. He doesn't want just our worship like, God, I love you, Lord, I lift my voice. And then that's all we do. He wants a, I, I love you, Lord, so step out in faith and do my works. He wants something more than, I love you, Lord, I lift my voice. He doesn't just want us to lift our voice, but he wants the action, the voice that we're saying. I love you, so sweet, let's do it. Step out and, like, if you really love me, go out, do it. God wants our heart. He wants us to be more than words. And the question I want to ask everybody at home, question I want to ask people in this room right now, is that are, are we willing to make the decision today to live a life with God that's more than words? Are we? Are we willing? Because it's not God's decision. It's not your pastor's decision. It's not Connect Group's decision. It's not actually no one's decision but ours, whether or not we want to live a life that's more than words. And that's what I want to speak to us this morning about. Is that God wants our heart. Don't be like Judas and kiss the lips of Jesus every time we come into the house of God. Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. But then dishonor him every other day of the week. Betray him every other day of the week. That's what we actually do. And I've done that many times. I'm not saying that I'm a saint. But I'm just saying we, we have to choose to give our hearts to God. God wants our heart. Our words will be challenged. That's the second point this morning, is that the words that you speak, the words that I speak, the words that we pray will be challenged always. It might not be challenged today, but somewhere down the track, those words are going to be challenged. We can go, God, I love you. God, I'm going to give my life to you. And then God might come in this moment and say, I want you to speak to this person this morning. That's where the love and action is about to take place. And your words are going to be challenged by that. And the third one, What's the third one? Words need action. 
Your words lead to action. Faith is believing and speaking. Works is action. So basically, our believing and speaking require action. If we believe that God is a God of miracles, then he says we should lay hands on the sick and they shall heal. You know, like there's an action to what we believe. If we believe that God, um, if God's called you to business and uh, start a business, I want to encourage you, step out and action it. If God's, if God's called you to um, be um, the next entrepreneur in regards to influence, step out and action it. If God's called you to pastoring, step out and action it. If God's called you to being a doctor, step out and action it. Whatever God called you to do, I just want to encourage you. Don't be just words and go, oh, I want to be like this one day. No, step out and action it. Do it. Because God wants us to live a life that's more than words. Amen? So that's the word this morning. Give God a hand.